Hi, y'all. Guess what? Very special day. You know why? Because it's just you and me. Yeah, solo episode, baby. Um, welcome to Toxic Free with KB. I'm your host, KB, better known as the formal Kate Middleton, but my friends call me KB. This show is all about how you can reduce your toxic exposure in everyday life. We're going to dive into that beautiful solo episode about kind of an intro on toxins, right? People use the word toxic. Toxic. I'm going to use my Midwest accent there. Toxic all the time. But at its core, what does it mean? It's thrown out there. What does it mean? I actually looked up a definition that was kind of like resulting that toxic, toxic lifestyle, toxic relationships, toxic products, that word in general can actually result in, this is one of the symptoms, oh my God, it's terrifying, death. Yeah. So anything toxic in your life can result in death. What are the basic tools that you can use to identify and break free from toxic situations? That was one of my just examples. Some tools. Okay. I love this one. And I can be a hypocrite of it myself, but establishing healthy boundaries. Okay. Healthy boundaries. And I think that starts with healthy boundaries with the self, okay? Um, How are you talking to yourself every single day? How you talk to yourself is how others will treat you and how others will talk to you. Super, super, super important. Um, Some other basic tools to kind of hop, skip, and jump over toxic situations are Oh, this is such a good one. I have clients that ask me, especially during the holiday season, when they're getting together with family members, this goes back to boundaries, but they're like maybe on a special diet, right? And I'm helping them through that. And they're like, oh my God, baby, like I have to go to Aunt Susie's house. Sorry if your name's Aunt Susie. I'm sure you're great, but I have to go to Aunt Susie's house. And she always makes the yada, yada, yada with extra gravy on top of my serving. And um, I keep telling her that I'm plant-based and that I'm literally have a gluten allergy. I, you know, all the things, right? Every single time. But Aunt Susie does not respect this person. How do you like navigate that? Boundaries. You say, thank you so much for offering, but um, I brought my own meal. Yeah, I know. Sounds silly, but bring your own meal. I mean, in the end, we're all adults. So the more that you create healthy boundaries with yourself, I, I just love that one. The more that you'll kind of create the framework within the zone of how people are going to be treating you. Um, another way to break free from toxic situations. Oh my gosh. I love this one. The dating world. This is a relationship one for all you folks. The dating world. 
Um, when someone is, maybe you're on a first date, right? And you feel the pressure coming on at the end of the night and you're like, we just, we just went out for, you know, maybe a tea or I don't know, maybe a drink or whatever. It was such a nice night. And maybe you're like, I'm not feeling this anymore. And you're like, what do I do? Do I run? Do I turn around? How to break free from those toxic relationships? Effective communication, guys. Wow. How like evident is that? So just saying like, yo, Bill, like I'm honestly really not feeling this. I'm so sick of people in the world. It just creates more toxicity in the world of like just seeing like, yeah, sure. Maybe we'll do it again or avoiding the subject. Avoidance is the worst. So just like speaking what you feel and just saying like, hey, I think this is like probably not going to work out. Um, also pressure to do things intimately that you're maybe like you are feeling the person, but you're like, I'm just not ready yet. Be vocal about it. Effective communication. I'm just not ready yet. I'm still getting to know you because so many people are pressured to like give out on the first date or what have you. I think that builds a healthy relationship further on down the road to, am I even with the right person? Does this person lift me up? That's another way to figure out if you are living in a toxic situation or not, the relationships that you're in. Okay. So that's just to name a few. But what are some basic ways that we can identify when a situation is toxic? Hmm. Especially at work. I have a couple of other examples too, but especially at work. How do you know if you're in a toxic situation at work? So I work from home. So <clears throat> I'm often at times like, if I was in an office place and someone was, actually, I have had this person, this happened before. Being, I'm going to speak for like me being a female. This may happen to men too, but I'm not in a men's kind of life. So I don't know. Chime in. DM me, let me know. Um, but you know, they have this old talk about the water cooler, you know, and you know, I love fashion and you wear a cute outfit and I've had, you know, guys be like, you look really good, you know? And it's like, what do you say? Like as a woman, like you look really good. Like, I'm like, okay, thanks. It's like, can I just be like a top performer and like the real estate industry or whatever industry you're in, like it's such a common thing that you need to also like recognize when you put a halt to things. It's not that you're, you know, something less than, but it goes back to like standing up for yourself. So recognizing those things, but then also recognizing like, you know, in the workplace, like is your boss like truly like is he trying to like, like grill you down, right? Is he trying to be like dismissive of your thoughts and of your emotions on like, maybe you're giving feedback, you know, to something like, are you being totally like shut down or is it really just not a good idea? <laughs> Come on. So how do you recognize if that's toxic or if that's like, oh no, you know, it's just not working for the team. 
Um, I think that in the end has to go back to you and what you are ingesting from the workplace. Um, I think that could be different based upon every person's just lifestyle experience. I think personally, the whole collective culture at the workplace needs to have an understanding of what a their culture is defined to be. What is the environment supposed to be set up as? Does that make sense? So if you're coming into a culture where it's like, okay, no, leave your personal problems at the door and you're not supposed to talk about those things because it might have someone uncomfortable or like you're like, Bill, I really didn't want to hear about your one night stand last night because it made me uncomfortable. Like it's about crossing boundaries here. The blurred lines. No, you need to have strict, clear lines in the workplace. Um, how can you find or how can you establish, I guess, identify when a situation is toxic in a romantic relationship? Um, I think, again, it goes back to definition, but for personal use, I guess, you know, an experience, if you're feeling uncomfortable with a situation, are you talking about it? If you are feeling uncomfortable with a situation, maybe your partner, maybe it's a new partner, maybe it's an established partner, maybe they're forcing you to do something, maybe they're manipulating the way that you think, maybe they're gaslighting your feelings, you know, all of these things, maybe they're avoiding having um, just a constructive conversation with you. Think about those instances in your life when maybe you were not heard. Maybe there was an instance where you felt like you had to please them in order to just survive in the relationship. Think about how that made you feel. Is that toxic? Could be for one person, could be for not another person. Me, truly, I believe those situations could be toxic. Um, And then again, it comes back to establishing the ground rules, effective communication, right? Knowing how you should be talked to. Knowing that at the end of the day, you deserve so much more, right? Constantly affirming that to yourself. So what are some basic ways that we can identify when a situation is toxic in a friendship? Holy smokes. So this one, (coughs) this one can be a little ambiguous. At times, because we always think that being a good friend is always listening when someone needs to share a problem or um, maybe you're in like a group setting. Maybe you're on like a girl's trip or a guy's trip and you're all just having like banter, right? But the toxicity really comes out you know, if someone just keeps going and going and going and you feel like every time that you talk with that particular person, 
You're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're thinking in your head, you're never going to fucking change. Like, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to like, it's like a wet blanket situation, right? So is that toxic? That's my question. Is that toxic? Is there any sort of like group collaboration in this relationship of this friendship? Is this a friendship or are you kind of a therapist all of a sudden? Think about that. Is that toxic? Remember that you have the ability, maybe on the phone, maybe in person to say like, all right, I've got to go now. There's certainly like very polite ways that you can end conversations, but Remember that you have the ability to cut off the communication in that friendship at that moment and pick it up later at a better time when both of you are like maybe on better wavelengths. But going back to the guys' trips and the girls' trips, or just like the dinners or the poker nights or whatever cliche that I can throw out there, gossip. O M G. Gossip. Nothing irks my pickle more than gossip. When someone like comes into the room, they're like, oh my gosh, guess what I heard about that? I'm like, I don't want to know. Like sometimes you're like, I want to know. But sometimes you're really like, I don't. Because you know what? When you are gossiping about this, that, or that person, or you're just kind of like ruffling the feathers like that, you know, you're just creating the energy in the environment, in the universe. It's like that bad game of telephone. And then the person finds out. And then it's like, what type of person do you feel like? All right. So those are just some like quick little signs of that. And I kind of pointed out family a little bit, but I want to kind of reiterate that one more time because finding toxic situations in family can be a little bit hard to break free of sometimes. But I think really by just kind of knowing who you are and knowing that I'm going to put this out there, but just because you are birthed perhaps into a family doesn't mean that you owe them everything. Truth and fact. This is a question that I got asked and I think it is such an important question. What are the covert signs you're in a toxic situation you may not know until about, until after you get out of it? Guys, I'm going to throw a little story out there for you, and it might be a lot to handle. You might hear this story further on down the line, but in my early 20s, I was in a an abusive relationship. And at the time, I, I didn't even think at the time, like, I'm naive. At the time, I thought, this is, this is great, you know, like, he's older than me, you know, he's well, well, I thought he was well established, probably not. But everyone kind of looked up to him, right? He was on a pedestal. And I was like, I worship you, you know? And then at the end, when you start to get this is one of those toxic signs. So first of all, the beginning stage of the relationship, when they are throwing things at you, here's a trip. I brought you flowers. I'm going to make you 
sea trout bass or whatever it is. I don't eat fish. Um, you know, and then things start to get taken away little by little, right? The comforts, you know, communication, right? Even with sexual intimacy, the comfort in that, right? Maybe something feels forced. Maybe you feel like you're being used. Maybe you feel like you're being just neglected in your relationship. The romance is completely lost. It feels sterile, right? And at the time, your brain actually becomes numb to this. Oh, wait, this is normal. This is a normal relationship thing. You know, the honeymoon stage goes away. And you think to yourself, it's fine until it's not. And it comes to the point where someone actually tells you it's not fine and maybe gets you out of that relationship or maybe you're bold enough and brave enough to jump out of that relationship and cut it off before it's too late. But like, how, how do you know it's toxic, right? Yes. The afterburn, the after fact, and you're like, that was toxic. The signs, you know, there's a really great book that I read and it's called how to heal from toxic relationships. And it really jumps into signs of narcissism. It jumps into you know, the signs of gaslighting, the, the relationship where that person makes you feel less than unheard, right? Maybe not inviting you on a very special trip that they're like performing and maybe they're like a musician. I don't know. And they're like, no, 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 you stay away. Or like not even treating you as an equal in life. I think that's very, very important. Those are all signs that I kind of saw after. Um, but it does take years sometimes for the brain to recover that information. So my point is to give yourself grace in those moments. Give yourself the most ultimate grace. Um, yeah. And the question does come up. Does toxicity always link with narcissistic abuse? That is a very good question. You know, I don't, I honestly, I don't know the answer, but I don't know the correct answer, but I would say from the bottom of my heart, yes. Um, just because I feel like it's coming up a little bit more and more these days, or it's, maybe it's becoming more talked about narcissism. Um, and I think that you need to be very informed as to how to spot out who, what, how it's defined, how it acts, that narcissistic tendency, what that character looks like. We're definitely going to have a specialist on the show um, because it's way beyond me. I have experienced it multiple times in my life. And I know many of you have too, but I truly believe that narcissism is linked to like just the toxicity. Like I think they're just totally like interconnected there. And the question I had this person ask me, can you live a life without toxicity? Hmm. You know, you want to like create stories in your mind, like, yeah, well, you could go here. You could like live on a private island. You could, you know, like live in darkness, no EMFs, you know, um, 
live by candlelight. Uh, you could not talk to anyone. It's like the pandemic where everyone's like, just put on a mask. Yeah, but then you take the mask off and there you are. There you are. So that being said, can you live a, a life truly free of toxins? My personal belief is no, but we can do our best. We can truly do our best to be toxic free as much as possible. And how do you do that? Within the realms, the pillars that we talk about here, you know, nourishment, relationships, environment, personal care. Oh my gosh, personal care. That's a whole nother bag of worms. But education, when you have education behind things, all these little puzzle pieces, you can put it together and you will make sure that you'll always almost have a full puzzle put together, but it may or may not always be completed. And that's okay. In the end, it is about balance, but you have to, you know, really tip that scale in a way, you know, the pluses and the minuses, right? The long-term effects. That is the whole thing. The long-term effects of toxicity. What do you do when you're stuck in a toxic situation at home? This person asked, what do you do when you're stuck in a toxic situation at home and you don't have the resources to leave? Hmm. Okay. So I would need to know a little bit more specifics on this situation, but I think um, going back to your boundaries, say you're a child, say you're a teenager, say you're in a relationship where it is physically abusive, even emotionally abusive, and you feel like if I try to leave now, they will hunt me down and kill me. And that's a very scary situation where a lot of people might have encountered That's just a really drastic example that I'm going to be using. Um, But what do you do in those moments? I would say, man, this this is really a tough one. But the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse, you've got to really learn how to not stoke the fire. I know it doesn't sound like the end all be all at the moment, but during the time that you have in that living situation, you have to recognize how to protect yourself first. Put your oxygen mask on first before you put on the oxygen masks on everyone else around you until you do have the resources to leave. Because I'm telling you to be stuck in a toxic household relationship is super uncomfortable. I've grown up in one. Um, And let me tell you, sometimes by not stoking the fire, by not catapulting the anger in someone else, it can really help you feel safe at times. Create your safe haven wherever you can find it. It's so important, especially for children, especially for those that maybe come into a relationship, maybe in a household that you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this right now, or I'm uncomfortable, or I was not raised like this, and this environment is a little shaky for me. It's really important for you to create in those moments a sanctuary, 
right? That you can go to, that you can retreat, that you can totally be in your own, just like good vibes. And it might be hard to create those good vibes at times, but as long as you have that one space where you know that you are safe, I truly believe things, it's much harder for things to penetrate through you um, until you have the resources to leave. And someone asked me if I had a personal story of what I've done to learn to identify toxic situations in some different aspects of my life, past relationships, work, family, friends. Okay, those are just some of the things, but oh my gosh, what have I learned to identify? Well, past relationships, I think definitely, ugh, this is one of those things that as an adult, I like kind of tilt my head like, yeah, I'm an adult, even though I feel like I'm like my inner child. I mean, aren't we all? Um, As an adult, I kind of kick myself and I'm like, why didn't I see that? But, you know, identifying when my gut starts to get shaky or cramped up or maybe I start to stutter. Those are times that I recognize that that is an uncomfortable moment for me. And it's not uncomfortable in the fact of, oh, I'm scared to jump into the cold ocean, you know, like we all do, because I know the after effects is like, yay, I did it, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm scared to speak on stage because the after effects are, oh my gosh, I did it. I'm so proud of myself or whatever it may be. It's it's the uncomfortable feeling of being like, I'm uncomfortable. This is not for me. I will never get used to this situation. And stuttering to the fact where you can't even like make words, you know, you can't even make words form sentences to the other person. You're not even making sense. Those are the times I've kicked myself. And those are the times I think all of us can identify that when we don't listen to our gut, our heart's not going to follow suit. Our head's not going to follow suit, right? We like to talk ourselves out of situations that it's okay. It'll just pass. We're all good. So I think that's like definitely one thing that I just want to throw out there. And the next question, the last question I got asked was, can a toxic lifestyle, I love this one. This is such a good question. Can a toxic lifestyle ever be self-inflicted? Yeah, totally. Um, I think the words that go through our head can be the first and foremost very toxic thing. We can talk ourselves, as I said before, out of a lot of situations that are quote-unquote bad or not quote-unquote, but just bad. And tell us, like, it's okay. I'm fine. You know, when you're not fine. So, the words that you're telling yourself or even living every day, let's talk body image. Oh my gosh. The amount of times I've had to tell clients, like, and I feel like a mother goose here sometimes, but they'd be like, oh, uh, me, you know, like, I'm so fat now. Like they even use that word. And I'm just like, I'm just like, Jill, 
we don't use those words in here, you know, because the words that you tell yourself, they actually manifest into reality. Okay. The words that you tell yourself actually manifest into reality. Can a toxic lifestyle ever be self-inflicted? Yes. Are you, this is another thing with like kind of self-talk, but the body image thing, going back to, going back to, um, maybe groups, right? Maybe like the gossip talk coming up, but it's not gossip. Maybe it's more of like, um, oh my gosh, like I could, you know, I was actually in this situation like a couple weeks ago. These two girls were talking about like, yeah, my eyelids drooping. I could really get this brought up and like, yeah, a little bit of Botox and nothing against you guys that like use Botox, do whatever like you need to do to make you feel good. But I was like, oh my God. And they're like, I need to get rid of this. And like around my stomach, they're talking about these drugs to use. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like I never really had these thoughts about myself. So for me to actually see it in front of me, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just praying for you guys so much here. But I feel like that is a common in our culture where we can kind of beat ourselves down in order to belong. And I feel like, yes, that is self-inflicted. Totally. 100%. So instead of, especially, I think females do this a lot in the culture of being in this like influential realm where, you know, people are on social media and they're looking at it and they're getting jealous or envious. And, you know, say there's an entrepreneur here and there's an entrepreneur here and they're both going after the same thing. And instead they're like, I'm going to jeopardize their ass and I'm not going to like tell them where I got my resources. I'm not going to help them. And in turn, like we should be like, I see you. I hear you. Like you asked me a question. Where did I get X, Y, and Z? How did I do X, Y, and Z? And you're like, of course I'll help you. Of course I'll give you resources. So like, I think by like, like bringing people down in groups, especially that can be self-inflicting on yourself. That can be toxic, not only to yourself, but to the other person at hand. So with that being said, a little solo episode for you and me. Please send in more questions you have for me over on my Instagram at toxicfree.kb. I know I just talked about Instagram, but guys, we're going to make it a positive place. We're going to make it a toxic free zone. I'm here to lift you up further and further. Hot habits. The hot habit I have for you today is, guess what? It's going to be a juicy one. Sun exposure every single morning. You're like, okay, great. I know it's hard to get sun exposure, especially if you're in a winter season where you're living or it's cold or there's no sun. Guess what? The sun is still there behind the clouds. When you get sun exposure every single morning, you're actually regulating your circadian rhythm. This is why I do it. And plus, it kind of like centralizes just like the aura of you. You're like, KB, aura? Yeah, your total like human experience on this earth. It kind of centers you. You have so much going throughout your day, like in your mind. It's just like spewing out. Take a moment, 
look at the sun, make a connection with it, let it kind of like translate into your system and knowing that that exposure just a little bit in the morning helps regulate. Like I read, if you like let it kind of touch your neck, it helps regulate your endocrine system too, right? The hormones that go throughout your body. Um, More on that probably in another episode, but sun exposure. One thing that I truly personally love to do in regards to sun exposure is, well, one thing I go and look at the sunrise every single morning and say a little bit like something I'm grateful for because with the sun exposure, we all know that when the sun is out, we have happy days. We're like, yay, the sun is out. The birds are chirping. Life is great. And then when like, you're like, oh my gosh, the clouds are coming and I can't see the sun. What time is it? I feel lost. Yeah, you feel lost. So hope, you know, bring yourself back together here. That's a, that's one positive thing that I do. The other thing is exposing with the sun, your skin, right? Like your entire body. I'm saying like, get naked. I was reading, um, about this one gal. And so I actually, yes, I did try it. And it's actually quite freeing. Um, sunning your butthole, she says, and just like sunning every part of your body. I don't know what the butthole really has to do with it besides like, you know, like a, maybe a sunburn because when does the sun ever see your butt anyways, since you are a baby. Um, but that whole entire body exposure to the sun, it's like, you know, earthing in a way, right? It's another element that we need to be connected with. So in long story short, sun exposure is, especially in the morning, is my hot habit. So give yourself a healthy dose of that. Next, kind of on the same line for our trendy trend of the moment. Um, but I have a little something that's kind of irritating me about this one. Melatonin, the trendy trend of melatonin. If you're not familiar with melatonin, it is actually, it is a hormone, right? But you can ingest it through a pill. A lot of people take melatonin when they're traveling overseas. There is purpose for that, right? You're going through a different time zone. But when you start to abuse it in the fact of saying like, I can't sleep, right? Well, go to the root cause. Why can you not sleep, right? You start to abuse the use of melatonin sleep aid drugs, right? Melatonin is just a simple one that I'm going to point out today. And I wanted to kind of throw out a really scary statistic that I read on multiple different medical articles. And that was at 530%, guys. Yes, 530% was the rise percentage of overdose in children using melatonin. Yeah, just between the span of 2012 and 2021. And I think it really kind of hit a hiatus during the pandemic times. Um, But then again, going back to like, why are these kids even like asking for melatonin or asking for a sleep aid? I actually had a young child ask me that. Um, are there sleeping pills for kids? Why is that? You know, have these conversations in the home. Um, you know, blue light at night, have a healthy sleeping routine at night. I mentioned with the hot habit, the sun exposure 
regulating the circadian rhythm, right? Well, it helps regulate the circadian rhythm for bedtime too. It helps wake you up. It helps kind of calm you down in the sleep. That's why, folks, the sun rises and the sun sets. Um, so melatonin. I'm not gonna make it a hot habit for myself. I truly don't think I am. Um, and if you use it currently or any sleep aid in general, I think you really need to have a strong conversation with yourself about is this helping me or is this hindering me? And also, if you have young children, make sure you know um like their sleep hygiene routines, right? Cutting off the blue light, getting them off of electronics at least an hour, maybe two before bedtime. Guys, turning down the lights in your house, lighting a candle. Um, I don't know. Try different things, but have honest communication with your family members about the abuse of these drugs because serious, serious things like overdoses and at times even death can occur. Guys, I'm so grateful for you guys tuning in today. And um, until next time, remember, you're doing your best and your best is great. Cheers.